Welcome to You Got... Oh, no, no. Hello, lovers. Welcome to You Gotta Love It, the show where you tell us and the rest of the world the things that you love that we might have missed, the show where you come to discover the best things you never knew existed, and the show where you force us to sit through the worst entertainment you can find and say, well, you gotta love it. My name is Koji. I am a... Ooh... Um... I don't know, part-time savior from the alien scourge and full-time dog lover, which will make sense in about a second. Mm. And with me, as always, is my good friend and, ooh, I don't know. Mm. I don't know what you are this week. Tired, painter, all of the above. Both of those things. Andrew Patterson. Woo! So how was your weekend, Andrew? Uh, it's pretty good. Painted a lot today. New place. Getting everything ready to go. Yeah. We were both Did at a birthday party for He Who Shall Not Be Named. A Christmas, a double birthday party that was Christmas party themed. Right. Which was pretty fun. Played some rooftop slap cup. Daryl's brother, Mark. Yeah. And uh, Tom, who's been on the show. Daryl. Daryl's been on the show. Mark hasn't been on the show. Tom has, has not been on the show either. The show. Uh, that was good. I saw a great movie on Friday. A great movie. Oh. Called Moonlight. Hmm. Recommendation perhaps later? Mm, perhaps, yeah. Okay. Um, let's, you know, I've been, I've been kind of stuck in a VR trance. So I don't really know what's is, going on. You're looking very disheveled right now. <laughs> It's basically like everything you imagine when everybody, you know, like every movie or comic book where it's like, no, when VR comes out, it's like Tokyo Ghost or like Gamer or, you know, Gamer. Yeah. Where people like just forget to, you know, brush their hair. I mean, in those, it's way more extreme. They forget to like feed themselves and their children and stuff and they just plug into the virtual world. Right. You look like you've spent at least a couple. It might just be because you're tired, but you know, like a cup, maybe... Oh, a couple hours. Yeah, there was I I uh, on another plane. Was trying to master the climb for a little while, and then uh, started playing this game called Adrift, in which you are essentially Sandra Bullock's character in Gravity, Gravity except the space station is kind of coming part or coming apart around you, but parts of it are still functional. So you're trying to like piece together something. I don't even know yet whether it's communications to tell them you're still alive or uh, some sort of emergency vessel. I don't know what I'm I'm gunning for just yet, but uh, very interesting. Very disorienting, though. The future is now. Very disorienting because, like, you know, you're floating around, but um, the it's hard to explain, but the your field of vision can go up, down, left, right, you know, full 360 like you would expect in space, but you also can roll the camera because you're in space... Mm. as you would expect you can roll but it's strange because you're in a space shoot with jets on it so it moves but you can also move your head while it's moving it's it's hard to explain but the sensation is very strange indeed oh i haven't checked that out so it has been messing with me and that's probably why i look so disheveled but we're not here to talk about that we are here to talk about the hidden gem my life as a dog and the you gotta love it underdog. So as always, let's start with our our hidden gem. My life is a dog. Liked it a lot. Criterion Collection film. It was sweet, in the traditional sense of the word. It was. I found it to be very touching. Uh, yeah. Kind of like coming. You know, foreign was Swedish. Yeah, Swedish. Swedish kind of coming of age film. Uh, kind of pleasantly surprised by that because once again i did no research before queuing it up and i kind of thought that it was going to be kind of like all the other criterion movies we've watched right. really dark or like really sad or really upsetting and i guess in my head i also just kind of associate swedish and sort of european film with like you know being generally kind of darker or having sort of these so i went in expecting like 
and I'd say for a good 45 minutes of the movie, I was still expecting like the, I was waiting for the other shoe to drop. Right. So I to mean, speak. there's so, a sort of a dark element and it could have taken a dark turn for sure, but it didn't. Yeah. But well, I mean, there's like, yeah, there's like sad stuff happens in it, but it's not like, it's not even particularly sad, really. I mean, it, it's sad, but it's not like a, well, okay. It's more about like moving beyond. Anyway, yeah. yeah so it's the summary of the movie. Yeah, really quickly, it's about uh, a kid and his brother and their mom who all live together. The dad is. It's mostly about the kid, though. Yeah, the dad is nowhere to be seen, and very early on in the film, the mom has some troubles, and, and they think it's best to send the brothers away, but they set, send them away separately. So the older brother goes to stay with uh, the grandmother, maybe, or I, I, I don't remember. They, they kind of make mention of that. And then the younger brother stays with his uncle uh, in another town, takes a train there. And immediately when he got off the train and like started hanging out with his uncle, like it, I almost said it was like a sigh of relief. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. So this guy... It's not going to be like an abusive, scary, horrible situation. Well, yeah, there's there was that, but it's also just that his home situation with his mom and his brother wasn't great. Right. You know, and then like he gets to this place and it's, he, he gets to have better than a normal childhood almost. Yeah. Um, and then later on in the movie, he, he's sent back <laughs> to his, to his mom again. And I was like, Oh fuck. You know? So like he had a taste Yeah. and now he's back to, not that his mom was a, his mom was not a great mom, but not, she, she was trying she was to be sick. Yeah, she yeah, was trying she to be a good mom. Sick. Um, and then, yeah, and then he ends up back with his uncle again, and all this weird stuff happens. He kind of has to deal with his, his his mom being sick, a loss of a dog, and uh, all, all sorts of strange coming of age stuff. You know, there's a little uh, yeah, some like stuff that's like not even like co- like not common i would no. not think is common the, like some the, like the girl that ladybug like, uh starring rodney dangerfield-esque moments where it's about a, a guy who who dresses as a girl to join a girl's soccer oh, team yeah, but like the opposite yeah and then just sort of like yeah there's like a lot of interesting dynamics i guess but i and it was also kind of funny like at parts i thought were pretty funny where you're like oh you know like there's kind of a lightheartedness even though there's like even even when something kind of bad happens, the kid always kind of comes back with like a smirk, you know, like you're kind yeah. of like waiting for him to smile by the end of the movie because you know that like it's it hasn't been difficult to cheer him up like when bad stuff happens. And right. people are like, oh, okay, well, what about this? And his uncle's like this kooky uh, kind of this. There's, the town that he's in is kind of full of just kooky characters, you yeah. know, and like the that a guy that's always on his roof and his uh, the grandfather, like the old man downstairs that has him like read the... The lingerie. Like the lingerie catalog to yeah. him and like just i don't know it's like yeah it was just like quirky fun i didn't like really I, w- I will say it's not even a criticism but there wasn't really anything that really leapt out at me you know to make it like super memorable probably mm-hmm. just because again went the context of when i'm seeing it versus like all the other movies i've seen like that but it was like very enjoyable and again it was very there was a sigh of relief when i was like oh, okay this is actually like you know, it has like a happy ending. Yeah. Well, get, given yeah. circumstances. I really like how uh, he basically gets picked on at home and he doesn't, he can't get away with anything. Like everything he does seems to cause more problems. Mm-hmm. But as soon as he gets to the town full of kooky characters, yeah, he just has a free pass to do whatever the fuck he wants. So he falls through that guy's window at That's one what I was point. That's like one of my favorite parts when he like, goes there once with that the the sort of town the woman that everybody in the town kind of covets or like you know sort of like buxom who kind of like takes a liking to him and like the first time it's like he's just so kind of oblivious that's kind of like the part where it's kind of starting to touch on him maybe he's at that age where he's starting to think about that stuff but like mostly it's just kind of confusing to him yeah yeah and uh and then when he goes home and his uncle's like okay, yeah, but, like, what were boobs like? Yeah, and he's just yeah. like, I don't know, I'm a kid. Like, you know, like, his yeah. reaction is just like, who cares? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then, like, that causes him to think about that. He's like, hmm, like, I wonder what, you know, what was he talking about? And it was such an extreme, like, when he kind of is leaning over in his chair. 
Yeah. I was like, oh, he's going to try to sneak into the room. But I did not expect him to just like go out of the building and climb on the roof to look through the skylight. And it was such an extreme, like, there's like two, there's a handful of instances where it's almost like physical guy comedy where you expect somebody to be horribly hurt. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And he's like, she's like, oh, it's fine. Like, he's basically made of like rubber. Uh, like, he falls through a fucking window. He gets all cut up and he like falls like two stories and just like lands on like the hard floor of a barn well he landed on the bed on on the bed she was lying on sure but like from that and you're just like oh is he dead so this is where the movie takes a turn but then it just like cuts and it's like she's patching him up and he's just like totally worth it Mm -hmm. totally worth it and she's like well you gotta what does she say you'll never be uh i don't remember it's like that religious like when you're a teenager and you whatever and he's just like doesn't matter totally worth it yeah. It was worth almost dying just to see just see you naked. And I was just like, man, this is or when he gets punched through the out of that boxing ring and like falls oh, out of yeah. that barn. Yeah, and yeah. he's just like lying there and you're like, Oh, he's dead. He's dead for sure. Yeah. Oh uh, no, just kidding. He's fine. That was an interesting relationship that he had with the girl who who seemingly refused her femininity for a while. Mm-hmm. They seemed to like it was almost as if everyone kind of knew that she she was a girl, but like was willing to just like let her do her own thing. No one really talked about it, and for some reason, she confided in in him to like mm-hmm. sort it all out. Anyways, it, I, it was a good movie, and I I kind of like it's feel good is is not exactly the way that I would describe it, but it's pretty feel good. I think like in the end, yeah. I was happy um, about what I saw. Yeah, his relationship with his uncle is pretty great. His yeah. uncle's kind of uh, a little bit boorish, <laughs> like a little bit. A little bit of a horn dog, a little bit. I love that they kept playing that record. Yeah. But it's like wife or I assume it was his wife. Yeah, I think it was his wife. It's just like, can you stop playing that damn record? When did this take? Was this like 70? Like what was a 70s, 60s earlier than that? I couldn't figure it out. Yeah. They got like a TV at one point. Like it seemed yeah. like the clothing they were wearing was like more modern. Mm-hmm. But it also was like small. T- oh. Oh, small, man. small towns. Um, we're actually doing this episode from the glass blowing factory from yeah. my life as a dog. You hear all that banging. It's people working in uh, making, the background. Making titty mugs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's like a milk pitcher. Right. I uh, like how if he hadn't no and, and that scene after he like goes like, makes that noise. <laughs> after all of that, if Igmar, Ingmar hadn't noticed, he's like, boobs or whatever. Like he just yeah, he, yeah, like, yeah. states it afterwards. <laughs> Uh, I didn't really understand the end though. Like, was he? Did he have the same name as a famous boxer or something? Yeah. Okay. I was also confused, but I think it was yeah. That was the idea. Because like, I thought it was like a flash forward. Like he became a boxer, and they were the whole town was rooting for him. Yeah. So did I. But then they were all the same age. Yeah. And then you see him while yeah. the radio's on. Yeah. I don't know. I th- it was it was good. I but liked it. the boxer that he was fighting was also had the same name as the the girl. I think they were just giving the girl the nickname because her name started with like an s didn't it It was like saga or something yeah uh and then at and then every time they're in the boxing ring i think it was because he was named ingmar that like the kids were like imagining it was like some big oh i see you know like this big fight this upcoming fight between ingmar and uh whatever the other guy's name was something patterson yeah okay um but yeah you know it was film it was like it was just nice. It was just a nice movie. That's I, It's almost like there's like not enough to really, you know, like the, what, like the one thing that, <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it. The one thing that it made me realize was that a lot of the Criterion Collection movies that I've seen, I haven't seen a lot of them, but all the ones that I've seen are kind of about, um, they don't, it's not really about a story like, they present it like here's the beginning, here's the middle, here's the end, and it's all wrapped up for you, mm-hmm. right? All the ones that I've seen thus far, this one included, it's kind of like a snippet from somebody's life, mm-hmm. or in the in the case of uh, the Fellini one, multiple snippets from someone's life. But it's mm-hmm. not. I mean, there's some movies that you you watch, let's say The Matrix, right, where mm-hmm. it starts off, they find Neo, he finds out he has powers. And then he comes to learn to use those powers to a point, fights off the, the you know, 
machine hordes or whatever and saves the world. And then that's the end of the story. Mm-hmm. But all the movies, the Criterion Collection movies that I've seen thus far, it's kind of like you jump in. This is already happening. Yeah, part of the way through the guy's life. And then when it's over, like you get a glimpse into what that person's life was like. Mm-hmm. But then that's it. It's just kind of like... yeah. It's going to sure. continue they, on. There are definitely some that are like the Wes Anderson movies. A lot of them get Criterion collection releases and they are a little bit more contained, but it's still kind of the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's you come into a family that's kind of in disarray and it's something that brings them together. And then at the end, st- things are basically still the same or yeah, that's kind of like all of his movies, really. It's kind yeah. of like there's not really a, uh, <clears throat> but yeah, no, it's, it's good. It yeah. was really good. I, I I recommend it, I think. This was uh Rosy this was Rosie Gifford, I think. This was her recommendation. Oh nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So shout outs. Shout outs Rosie. Yeah, yeah. I, I Artist Extraordinaire. You're a comic book artist. Yeah, sweet. Yeah. Very sweet. So I at uh, the fan expo as the kids yeah. are calling it. She these has days. a book out right now called Spirit Leaves. That's like the book, the title that she's currently doing everything for, if I'm not mistaken. She does everything. It's all like written, drawn, colored. Everything's done by her. Rosie, when you release that uh, graphic novel, hook, oh, yeah. hook us up. She told me, well, we should... Uh, and by hook us up, I mean I'll pay you for it, but re- release one <laughs> so that I can just read all the issues at once. We should, um, before we before we post this, I should find out, because I'm pretty sure she told me... Um, that there was like a tentative or there's a release date maybe, but it's out on, um, chapter house, uh, chapter house comics is the, it's like a Canadian uh, right. publisher, but yeah, uh, sort of went on a tangent there, but thank you for this pleasant recommendation as a hidden gem where it didn't involve any sort of, uh, genital mutilation, uh, like murder or rape, uh, no twisted psychedelic journeys through anybody's subconscious. Yeah, no multidimensional travel. No multidimensional travel, you know? And it's not that I didn't like any of the other hidden gems that had those things in them, but it's kind of nice, man. Yeah, it's yeah. nice to just watch a nice movie because, like, it's so rare now. I feel like as a kid you grow up and there's lots of family movies that are, like, well, Spielberg movies, you know? Spielberg right. movies were generally, he released a lot of movies that were really, like, you know, you think of like the 80s and the 90s and you're like, oh, there's like lots of just like nice movies. And then now as an adult, it's like most of the shit I watch is depressing or like violent or it's just, you know, mm-hmm. it's rare that you just something like this. That's just kind of a slice of life, yeah. but not like the life of somebody living in Baltimore in the ghetto or the life of somebody living in like, you know, you yeah. know what I mean, it's just nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Yeah. I mean, he does have a not a great life in the beginning, but sure. But even still, like, there's flashbacks throughout it where he's like, you know. Well, but I think that's what this is interesting that you mentioned that because I think in the end he realizes his life wasn't perfect because yeah, throughout the movie he's he's constantly flashing back to these like two or three memories with his mom where Mm -hmm. he's telling her stories and she's laughing and everything's fantastic and that's what he holds on to the entire time, Mm -hmm. but. Right near the end, he flashes back to her just getting so upset with him mm-hmm. and with the dog and him hiding under the bed with the dog. And then I think he realizes at that point, like, wait, my life wasn't perfect before. I, woo, getting attacked by those glass blowers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, here's my question actually. Now that we're talking about that, yeah. why do you think this movie is called My Life as a Dog? I think that. He's talking about um, the dog that they sent into space. Laika. And how he's sent or she is sent up there without enough food or water Mm -hmm. to survive. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe that's what he felt was happening to him. Like Mm -hmm. he's just kind of like sent off wherever Mm -hmm. without any. And I mean, it's not we're not talking about food and water, maybe love or Mm -hmm. like lasting relationships or whatever it is. He just feels like he doesn't have anything. He's kind of like, yeah, floating along. That makes even more sense than mine. I just felt like it was maybe just like there is that, you know, his relationship with his dog and the idea of kind of always being underfoot and like not really, 
just looking for that yeah basically the same thing mm-hmm. but like it makes more sense making that connection because he talks about like so many times in the movie well he talks about all these weird like the almost records that are by the javelin yeah that are that field. are tragedies or like well then that's like he, he was like comparing that he's like my life isn't so bad yeah because like you know you never you you never know and he's think always th- thinking about all these other things that could happen yeah i don't know it was good i liked it it was good. Now, to uh, continue on with the dog portion of the podcast is a movie called Underdog. Now, I didn't know going into it that it was based on... Underdog. Underdog. The, the cartoon. The cartoon, which yeah. I also like because it resembles the cartoon not at all. Right. You know, like I am familiar with the cartoon, of course. Yeah. And yeah. What, but like when I watched it and it opened and it showed the clips from the cartoon at right. the beginning of the movie, I was like... Oh what! I had no idea that this was a remake, yeah, a live yeah. action remake. Also, I had no idea that it was Disney, like Disney yeah. live action. Like, oof. so uh, for those of you who don't know the Underdog cartoon, it's kind of along the same lines of like Rocky and Bowwinkle yeah. or Mr. Um, Peabody. Yeah, all that type of stuff uh, about a dog who is a superhero who's constantly foiling this mad scientist. Now the live action take on it is a little bit less cartoony in story you know it's funny though and, and it's, go on yeah and it has a fucking it's star-studded yeah you know it's well. weird so i was talking to my dad about it and he's like maybe i'm misremembering but he he was saying that the cartoon actually had more of an adult sense of humor like that kids wouldn't pick up you know like oh really know, yeah like he said like there was a lot of like you know uh jokes or lines that were clearly targeted at an older audience but i i mean i didn't do the research i didn't go back and watch any of the show but mm-hmm. yeah we got Tyrion lannister in there yeah peter dinklage is one of the main characters amy, amy adams, adams plays the, the which dog. i never would have guessed like yeah. fly, like just hearing it i wouldn't have you know yeah jason, jason lee is underdog uh taylor momsen of gossip girl and what well, she's a band now no idea. You don't know what it's called? Okay. Anyway, uh, Jim Belushi, Patrick, Patrick Warburton. Yep. Uh, John Slattery, who is, uh, the mayor. Yeah. Roger Sterling from Mad Men. Correct. No. Brad Garrett. Or if you didn't watch Mad Men, but are a comic book movie nerd, he also plays Tony Stark's dad. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Brad Garrett, who is, uh, Ray Romano's brother and everybody loves Raymond. Yeah. Um he he plays the the Rottweiler. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Samantha B who's uh was on the Daily Show. Uh she's the principal in the movie. Anyway. Right. Yeah. Jay Leno's in it for a half second. Yeah. It kind of almost like I feel like they kind of invested heavily in this movie expecting it to be like a new family favorite. Oh. But jo- John DiMaggio does a voice. Two voices in this film. Is he the bulldog? He he is the bulldog and super Shep number four, whatever that means. Super one of the one of the German shepherds. Oh, like yeah. Laughing at him, yeah. At the end, yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's Bender, by the way, for for those of you who don't know. Yeah, or uh, Jake the dog. Yes. Well, I mean, he's got like thousands of credits. <laughs> also, watch what I know that voice is the movie that he put together, the documentary about right, like voice yeah. talent, uh, like animation voice and video game voice actors. It was pretty great. For those of you who are wondering, Taylor Momsen's band is called Pretty Reckless. Mm. Or The Pretty Reckless. So, I think this was another example of how this, po- this podcast has kind of f- fucked us up a bit because this is not a good movie. But I was watching it like, I was watching it like, this is, uh, I could see how like kids would like this. <laughs> I was trying to look at it from that lens, but there's just some moments where I was like, oh my goodness. What? Yeah. What is For real? But like, you know, I don't know. There is like the odd chuckle bad jokes like yeah. not like a lot not like a genuine like ha ha just kind of like huh you know like the it, totally expected puns and dog jokes like you know yeah when he's like ta- when the kid's talking to him about how he's going to teach him some manners and he's like 
yeah, I'm really going to take manners lessons from a guy who pees in my porcelain drinking bowl. Yeah. And you're like, eh, that's nah, funny. <laughs> when he freaks out about the hot dogs. Yeah. And he starts yelling that there's dogs in it and everybody's yeah. spitting them out. It's yeah. I mean, let's face it. It wasn't good, but like, I don't know. I, again, this was a, this was kind of like, uh, uh, this, we need to like go on more, of, more of a tangent here because like, there's not, there was not enough meat really. I don't feel like on either of these for me to really like go off, you know, the first movie that we watched, the hidden gem was just nice. It was just good. You should check it out. It's just a pretty, you know, it's a pretty great movie. And then Mm -hmm. this movie was just like, not like, like, you know, cats and dogs. That's an example of a awful, like family live action movie with talking animals. I don't remember. I just kept the, excuse me. I just kept thinking of uh, look who's talking now. Oh Yeah. They're so, and it was like Homeward Bound, Milo and Otis, so many animal kid, <laughs> live action kid movies with like talking animals. Talking animal. Well, although, did Milo and Otis talk though? I don't know. I, I think don't it think was so. just, they were just on an adventure. You know what though? Okay. What, what were there things that you loved about this film or liked? Uh, I guess I liked that all of these actors who might otherwise be in more adult things. I, I didn't feel like it was like they were selling out. I felt like all of them were just like, yeah, like let's do a kid's movie, for, you know, like that, like it, I don't know how to put, put it into words, but it was like, normally when you, I feel like when you see something like, like this, like say, um, was it Tim Allen and like the shaggy dog? I think it was Tim yeah, Allen. Yeah. A lot of these movies to me feel like, they come across as like cash grabs. They don't feel very, you know, and in all the press tours, the actors are always like, oh yeah, you know, I got a son or a daughter and, uh, you know, I just wanted to do a movie that like they could enjoy instead of like doing movies that are always like super hyper violent. They always give these sort of, and I'm kind of like, eh, but this just felt like it was literally like maybe all of these, the people in this movie, it came out in 2007, so maybe not, but they needed like, because he wasn't Tyrion Lannister, you know, a lot of these things weren't like in full effect yet, so... Um, but it, it didn't, I don't know. It just didn't seem super phony to me. Well, you know, it, it wasn't lo- good, but it didn't seem like everybody was washed up. It seemed like it was yeah. like, okay, like these people were just doing, yeah, a kid's movie, like big, big whoop. So the, the things that I liked about this film, I like Dinklage. Uh, he, he seemed like he committed fully <laughs> to the role. Like he was yeah. all about it. Cause some of the other guys like Belushi was just like, uh, yeah, there were parts where hey. it almost seemed like he forgot that he was in a kids movie. Just his his reactions yeah. to things, and I was like, "Whoa, that was a that was a very Belushi way to respond to that." Well, it's so the okay. eyebrows and the like. There's some strange things that go on in this film. As soon as they bring Underdog back to their house, after he's gotten his superpowers, he like accidentally destroys the entire place, and the dad comes home, played by Jim Belushi, and he's just like, "Now don't tell me the dog did this." Right. And they kind of both like if it was it's almost like sitcom esque where like the dad and the son kind of look at each other and go, ah. <laughs> and for the listener, I'm like holding my hands out in like a, my palms waiting the for like the like laugh track to come in. Yeah. And th- there's a bunch of moments in this movie like that, that I th- those are the things that I couldn't help but laugh at because it was so ridiculous. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. Like, uh, fuck. Yeah. Meh. I was Didn't, also, I was waiting for the, I either like, the girl or the, or Polly the dog to find out underdog's secret, mm. but they never did. Also, uh, Patrick Warburton, pretty good at playing sidekicks, eh? That's yeah. like his thing. Yeah. I, I, I mean, other than, always, his, other than the tick where he plays the leading say, man. I always see him as the tick. Not putty? Not putty. Wow, really? Yeah. Cool. Because, like, he, I mean, it's, it's strange to say, but Putty seems like a more subdued character. And he, he's not super central. Yeah. Like, he's not, he's like the extended cast. He's not like a... But whenever you see Warburton in, like, movies and stuff... You he, think of him dressed as he, a but he, blue, he kind of like tick. Um, overacts isn't the right word, but he, like... His shtick. He he's very like 
heightened. You know, yeah. it's, it's above like a normal person. And Putty's still kind of normal esque. Yeah. Whereas the tick and his character in this movie yeah. are like or over crunk. the top. Over it just the top. reminded me is crunk. He's like basically played the exact same thing. Sidekick to an evil scientist. Yeah. Doesn't seem like an evil guy, really. He's just kind of dumb. Big yeah. and dumb. I like that he, he bought a thesaurus to try to expand his vocabulary and it got like burned up in the fire and like he only had like the peas or whatever. Like, yeah. And then like there's all those jo- oh, yeah, all those <laughs> jokes. That that one was that one I actually kind of chuckled at because yeah. of how long they held the shot after when Peter Dinklage is just like like why only make one super dog when I can make a plethora? And then there's just <laughs> silence and you can just see the wheels turning. There's the, the yeah. shot doesn't change, just Patrick Warburton and he's like it's a P word. He <laughs> slowly takes out his thesaurus to look at it. But, you know, like I said, definitely not, you know, I didn't love it. So, but. I, but I did find things that I, I loved about it. Mm. Uh, it's. I think it's hard also because we're not really in a position that this would be something we would ever or have for like well over a decade, you know, like it's different if it's like a Pixar family movie, you know what I mean? Well, or even like a Disney animated movie, which I would go see. I think that now, yeah, even, even, even if they were to make live action kids movies like this, they've, they've gotten, I mean, it was 2007. So I think at this point, most movies were kind of moving in this direction, but they've kind of gotten wise to the fact that, wait, kids aren't watching these movies in a vacuum, Mm -hmm. right? Like, parents or older siblings or whatever are going to go watch these movies with the kids. Mm -hmm. So let's throw in some stuff for them. So like you watch movies like Zootopia. Zootopia is brilliant. Zootopia is like the opposite. It feels like it's for adults. Right. So you, these days now you watch movies like Zootopia or you watch, uh, what was the one about the feelings? Oh, inside out Pixar's inside Inside out. out. Right. And there's all sorts of little nuggets as an adult that you're like, oh, yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. And this movie had none of those. I mean, the True. things that we're picking up on that we liked were funny, but I guess maybe kids wouldn't pick up on him, like, pulling out his thesaurus and being like, oh, hey. But, like, it wasn't – it was – I don't think that was intentional. Like, no. I don't think it was like, oh, this this one's for the parents. <laughs> yeah. You know, which is something that they do now. Mm-hmm. So I think you'd be hard-pressed – in 2016 to find a movie that's come out in the last five years say maybe even longer than that but five years that's for kids that doesn't have at least something for the adults you know yeah which is what made this movie extra hard to kind of yeah kind of go through to but, love <laughs> yeah but even then i'm i'm kind of with you and i think that maybe it's just a matter of i don't know if we will find uh like a really painful you gotta love it again and i say that as a challenge but like and there have yeah. been a few like again i keep going back to paul blart mall cop too mm-hmm. and there was one for you that you said it was even worse that i can't remember what movie it was i also can't remember but yeah fuck what was it i don't know but uh, anyway yeah there, i mean there's there's a few that are do you yeah. remember Oh, I had a good question before we started, but I couldn't remember what it was. It had to do with, uh, oh, well, I'll put it this way. Mm-hmm. Is there a movie that you remember loving, like you would watch it repeatedly as a kid that your parents, it was probably a nightmare that you were so obsessed with it. Like they just got so, like it was like, you know, like imagine this, imagine this movie and you're a parent and it's you take your kids to see this movie in theater and they're like the of whatever age i don't fucking know but mm-hmm. and the, for whatever reason they love dogs they just latch on to this movie as kids sometimes do to things that are like utterly moronic to you just there's something that like appeals to them right and then back in like when i was a kid it would be like vhs and mm-hmm. it would be like you get that tape or you would rent it con- you would want to rent it every time that your parents took you to the video store and they were always just like ah oh, like fucking you know, yeah, and you maybe even remember that a little bit, but didn't really appreciate it until now. You didn't understand why they didn't want to like watch this movie or time and time again. Can you think of one? Well, I can think of a few movies that I watched obsessively as a child, uh, but I was kind of lucky in that we had multiple VCRs in the house, mm. 
So I could watch whatever I wanted without kind of interfering. Fair enough. But uh, I watch a lot of Gremlins 2. Whoa, that's like way different from what, yeah. Uh, but it's still kind of like... I watched Aladdin like every day after school. Oh, I loved my Aladdin. friend Lauren. Like every like every day. For a period of time, I like every single day. It was kind of like... I mean, but that's like a good movie. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, I'm sure... I watched this movie um, and I I can't find it for the life of me because I can never remember what it's called. But it's like Mr. Somebody's Vacation. And it's him and his dog. Like, it's, it, it cuts to him. It I can still picture it so perfectly in my mind. <laughs> Just vividly? He... He's in the city and like driving. It's just like traffic and everything's a nightmare and he's working for the weekend. And then he decides to go on vacation. He's like fed up. He decides to go on vacation, grabs his dog and they leave town. And it's just about all the stops that he tries to make along the way on his, on his vacation. And it's, it's a, such a kid's cartoon, like so silly. But like I remember one of them, he stops by the water and like... Uh, falls in love with this mermaid and they go underwater for a while. And then the next one, he's like, um, you know, whatever on a beach. And I forget what the adventure is, but he buys all this like uh, shorts and t-shirt stuff. And then as he's driving along, he sees this giant mountain. He's driving up the mountain. It starts to get cold, but all he has is his shorts and t-shirt. Luckily, a guy's coming down the mountain with like ski gear and all this stuff. And he trades right. the t-shirt and whatever for buns. the ski gear. Yeah, he, Hashtag uh, buns. Exactly. And then he meets a Yeti while he's up there. And there's some misadventures. I have no idea. And then, then he goes and stays at a castle. And of course, there's a vampire there. Of course. And, and then when he, you first started and you said a guy and his dog, I was like, was it Turner and Hooch? No, I wish. That was a great movie too, though. Turner and Hooch. Yeah. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids was a big one for me. We're back. We're back. The dinosaurs that like in New York oh, City. Oh, yeah, yeah. animated movie. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, man. Did I watch that movie? Land Before Time. Land Before Time is a good one, yeah. But I, you know what? Maybe like I, the way I phrase the question, I was trying to like remember something that right now, if I saw it, I'd ooh. be like, "Ooh, that's painful." But. Five Goes West was a big one for me, and American Tale, both of the two. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, I know exactly what it is. I know exactly. Well, there's the two the two that I watched incessantly as a young young child, and my my parents probably hated were the GI Joe movie. <laughs> Obsessed with that. Obsessed with that. And then the DuckTales movie. Oh, yeah. Where um, he finds that like gem that goes on top of the lamp to give him unlimited wishes or whatever. And Gizmo Duck is in it and all this shit. Oh, my dog really wants to sit on your lap right now, Andrew. Yeah, it's crazy. It's because we're talking about all this dog stuff. Hey, catch, no, just cut it out. Kiba, come here. Anyway, yeah. Woo. Maybe we should watch uh, some of those. I remember my parents will never apparently let me live this down. I don't remember being as obsessed, but apparently I was just obsessed with wanting to see Macaulay Culkin and Richie Rich in theaters when I was a kid. Really? For Maybe it's because I liked Home Alone. I don't know. I can't, I can honestly not remember why I would be so driven to watch this movie. And they were like, it was the fucking worst. We were so, and they just can't, they're just like, never let me live that down. And then for my sister, it was actually that Cats and Dogs movie. They were like, she was like, I really want to see this movie. And like, so we all went to see it in theaters and we're just like, ugh. My dad used to watch Home Alone on repeat and just howl. It's so funny, man. <laughs> yeah. It's still hilarious. That's like, and the it's, that's like that, that level of violence that I feel like people complain about how, how much violence like kids are exposed to now. Mm-hmm you know, with video games and all this stuff. But like, I feel like you would be hard pressed to see somebody make a Home Alone-esque movie today. Right. Because like, that was clearly a family, like that's like a kid's, like uh, for like people our age, Home Alone 1 and 2, Yeah, everybody has seen those multiple times. They're almost like tra a tradition, like a holiday tradition. Right. Everybody loves them that I've talked to. But like when you rewatch them, the amount of shit that happens to, oh, I can't remember their names right the now. The Wet Bandits? <laughs> the amount of shit that happens to uh, those guys is like almost everything would kill somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like hilarious. As a kid, it's hilarious. As an adult, it's like everybody finds it hilarious, but like they're getting electrocuted and fucking like full buckets of paint. 
in the, the bricks off the roof. Like <laughs> some of it is not even like particularly clever. It's just like violent, but oh, so funny. And like, I think part of that is like, it's a credit to the filmmakers that they made it seem so comical. You know what I mean? Like they right. really like hit the, the sweet spot, but like, it's still funny to think like, if somebody tried to make that today. And I don't think, I can't think of anything that I've seen that's kind of like that, where it sort of strikes a... Uh, someone needs to do a dark... balance, you know? Someone needs to do a dark, gritty reboot of Home Alone. <laughs> Kevin oh, McAllister shit. goes to jail at the end. Fuck. Nah, well, he stood his ground. He's probably all right. Yo, the second... <laughs> oh, boy. The second one? I'm just thinking about... I really want to watch Home Alone now. Yeah. The second one with the... Remember the pigeon lady? She terrified me as a kid. So, while we're on this kids' movie tangent, yeah, tell me if you remember this movie because, it, like, I loved it as a kid. But thinking back on it, I'm like, this, this is impossible. <laughs> the movie Blank Check, <laughs> where the kid, I, yeah, the kid I, finds a blank check and writes himself a check for a million dollars. Okay, I'm willing to accept that whole premise. <laughs> That's fine. But then all the stuff he like buys a helicopter yeah. and a castle. <laughs> And and like all this stuff, and I'm just like, wow, a million dollars went really far in the '90s, apparently. Yeah, man. When you said Richie Rich, it just made me think of Blank Check for some reason. Yeah. Do you remember uh, Small Soldiers, mm. which came out? At, it was like DreamWorks' answer to Toy Story, kind of, but it was live action. Oh, about like the with the the like the Gorgon Gorgonite, yeah, Gorgonites yeah, yeah, or whatever, and the. Yeah, and that the, was sweet. I watched yeah. that movie a lot that's as well. A, that was a good one. Oh yeah, I be, you know as a kid though, um, my dad used to t- like he was obsessed with movies. It's probably why I'm obsessed with movies. And he right. used to take me to wildly inappropriate films <laughs> for me to see. Like, I was just talking about this with my mom today, actually, about how my parents like didn't let me see the oh. movies you're talking about. Oh yeah, like I saw Terminator Two in theaters, Land of the Rising Sun. Terminator 2. So you were what, like six? Whenever it was that it came out. 90. Saw Alien... 1993, I want to say, in theaters. Saw um, Jade in theaters, which is just like the... There's a lot of like violent sex and nudity. (laughs) Yeah, Um, Yeah, it's Species. eh? Saw Species in theaters, which is a lot of Mm -hmm. Natasha Henstridge. Running around naked as an alien? The only thing that I remember really... Sne- there are two things that I snuck in mm-hmm. or snuck watched. One was Ghostbusters from the Stairs. When my par- like when it first came out, my parents watched it. With, they yeah. had their friends over and it scared the shit out of me. Because, which oh, really? is like funny because obviously it's not... You know what I mean? But yeah. like... So Ghostbusters 1 was what? Like 88 or something? Okay. Or maybe or I don't even remember, but like I'm I was very, like I was like fucking like four or five years. I don't know. I was really yeah. I was little, and I the scene with like the librarian, you know, like scared the shit out of me. So right. I screamed, and they were like, "Oh and shit, Andrew's watching from the stairs." And the other thing was I watched Predator at my friend's house. Um, that's the only thing that I like. Everything else I was content to just like my parents were like, "You're not old enough yet," and I never had that like rebellious like, "Oh well, well, fucking, I'm gonna watch it anyway." So I was just yeah. like. Okay, cool. And then, like, just patiently waited until they were like, "Okay, you're probably old enough." And I watched, and I was like, "Cool, that was a sick movie." Well, the one thing <laughs> that that um, the one thing that really got me as a kid that freaked me out was in the second Conan movie. Mm-hmm. And again, being a kid watching wildly inappropriate films for me to watch because he like murders like a million people in these movies. Yeah, but he goes into this tower and fights this monster that comes out of the mirrors. I don't know if you remember this. No. But that monster, and I've seen this movie hundreds of times, <laughs> but that monster as a kid always freaked me out. And I just remember my dad having to cover my eyes because like, I, I couldn't watch couldn't it. couldn't handle it? And then he would just tell me when it was over and I'd be like, okay. Good. So maybe you the, oh, I have one more story kind of like that. Mm-hmm. That's funny. And then we'll pose a question maybe for the uh, for the listener. But so I remember watching at home Aliens was on TV mm-hmm. uh, and I was watching it with my sister and she was like really terrified and I was like no no it's cool like don't worry I'll like <clears throat> I got your back like it's a good movie it's kind of but you know it's like an older brother just kind of also maybe trying to like freak her out a little bit or like oh no it's like but I still loved it like I, like at this right. point I loved aliens 
And uh, it was the scene where they find the colonists all like webbed up. And that one colonist is like, <laughs> like, kill me, kill me. And like, and she was like terrified. I'm like, no, 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 it's cool. Like the, the thing like comes out, but don't worry. I'm going to like change the channel and it'll be fine. Like you, so you don't have to see that part knowing that the chest burster is going to come out. So I like changed the channel to like discovery or something. And I waited and I honestly thought I waited like long enough. I was like, okay, like counting it out in my head. The person was saying, kill me, kill me. The music was picking up. Chestburster has probably come out. Yeah. It's fine. They're now like fighting and like burning, torching the, you know, all the shit's going down. Um, <clears throat> so after I thought I had waited an appropriate amount of beats, mm-hmm. I hit like return on the remote and it went back literally right as the chestburster. Like when the person's like, Ugh! and it like comes out. <laughs> And like, she was just, it was like the worst possible. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like trying to like, but like old TV doesn't like the return button isn't like super responsive. Yeah. So I inadvertently made it worse because like she didn't have the, you know, seeing sort of the buildup and being like, oh, I'm getting creeped out. I'm getting creeped out. Oh, that happened. It was just kind of like, she was like, okay, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Oh God. And then it just like came back and she was screaming. Fuck, it was... It's like a funny memory, but I did. I felt really bad because I was like legitimately trying to like avoid it. But yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that question. Fuck, man, I'm out of it. That's Whatever, all right. Let's just move on. Yeah. <laughs> One last thing really quickly, actually. I remember going to see uh, Billy Madison in theaters or trying to go see Billy Madison in theaters. And my my friend's mom took us to the theater and she was going to leave us to go watch this movie by herself. And. The guy at the theater was like, oh, no, this isn't appropriate for kids or whatever. And then she wouldn't let us go. And I was like, what? Because that was my first experience with like Somebody, a, par- a parent just being, being like, like, no, you, this isn't appropriate. I was like, what? What, what are you like, talking about? I don't I don't I don't I don't, get I don't understand what that means. But it's funny that out of all the like sex and violence and everything that I watched, Billy the Madison one movie the one. that, yeah. You know, it's cool, though. Shout out to my parents. Again, I was talking about this earlier today with my mom while I was painting. But, like, I think it's kind of cool. Like, people may have thought it was, like, super lame or square or whatever. Like, oh, your parents don't let you, like, watch these movies. And, and it didn't really, like, bug me when I was a kid, like I said. But one of the, the, awesome, the, the most awesome things about that is that uh, we would have movie nights, like, every, like, Friday or something like that mm-hmm. up in their room where they would, like... And they... Obviously, I was already like super into art at that point, like a huge nerd. And they introduced me to these movies kind of under supervision. Like each week, it would be a new movie that they thought I should see. They'd be like, oh, this is a cool movie. And like slowly, you know, as I got older, my sister got older and she would like, we'd all sit there and, you know, we got eventually to like the Tarantinos and the sort of like stuff where it was like they thought was wildly inappropriate for kids, not just because it was violence and sex, but because Mm -hmm. like there's no content. Like as a young kid, you don't really you might be like cool but like you don't really understand anyway the point is so i have these really fond memories of all of these like class like now cult hits and classic movies that my parents had seen yeah that they were like oh you should check this out and that was actually the way i was introduced to star wars when i was like very young they were like we're gonna watch a new hope and it it fucking changed my life it blew my mind this was like before the special editions were released i don't even remember then i had to wait there was no like the internet you couldn't so they were like okay we're going to rent The Empire Strikes Back next Friday. And it was like all I could do to just... And so I'm really glad they kind of did it that way. I don't even know if they planned... Like, I don't know if that they were like planning... They knew the effect it would have on me, but I'm like, yeah. oh, it's so cool. I miss that experience of going to the video store and picking a film and like... Queen Video is like closed too. It's all like everything's yeah. closed down. Having to... There's a few video stores around here actually. But having to reckon with the the movie that you rented mm-hmm. because there was like the movie you wanted wasn't there mm-hmm. so like you you kind of make the best of a bad situation you get a movie and sometimes there are hidden gems but regardless of wh- whether or not the movie's even that good you're just like because maybe you got a buddy over or whatever you're yeah. just like fuck it we're gonna watch this all the way through to rent this for a weekend we yeah. got our doritos extreme spicy barbecue and our fucking gallon of cream soda or whatever it is mm-hmm. and gumballs from max milk and we're just gonna sit in the basement and watch this movie 
Not so anymore, though. You can just no. click another button and another movie will come on. It's the same with everything, man. It's the same with records, like listening how people listen to music, which, I again, we I think we talked about this with uh, with your buddy. Didn't we talk about, uh, like, so many episodes oh, ago? Oh, Deckel? Jonathan? Yeah, didn't we talk a little bit about, yeah, like, yeah. and it was just sort of like, you know, I'm not going to be, like, the old guy yelling at clouds or whatever. I, I understand what's happening, but I do think it's kind of... I'm not going to fucking write like a blog post about it, but I th- I think it's kind of a shame that like things have become so uh, the sort of instant gratification, you know, like I think that it's cool that somebody like Chance can like release an entire album for free as a mixtape mm-hmm. and like p- it's like the most access, right? Hey, did you hear that he's doing uh, a thing with Childish Gambino, an album? No. Yeah. That's fucking cool. Chance the Rapper, Childish but, like, Gambino. It, it, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's like something about the almost the reward, you know, like the some center in your brain, like knowing that if I wanted to watch a new movie, it'd be like after school on Friday, I meet up with my friend and we'd like walk to like the main street of my town and like, you know, get some sh- treats and shit from Max and then go to the video store, maybe rent a video game for my Sega Genesis and rent a video on VHS mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you know, going home and it like, it just made the whole experience, you know, and you're excited to watch it. It's not just like, uh, okay, like fucking what is Netflix recommending for me? All right, I'll try this. Or like, you know, having literally as if you're like a pirate, everything at your fingertips, you know, yeah. like it was like, I don't know. It's so it's weird. It, I think it's going to be kind of a, yeah, there's just like a, a ritual to it before. Generation to, yeah. And now kind it's of just, come to terms with everybody seems to be doing just fine, but it's still like kind of weird, you know. You get those nostalgic yeah. feelings, which is again one of the reasons I like to still buy records and stuff like yeah. that. It's kind of like a has a similar feel to it. Well, when you get your Oculus, and um, we'll we just get, leave the world behind. We'll get you. We'll get you to download <laughs> Big Screen, and then we can uh, have relive di- those days. Digital sleepovers. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Relive those days. Be like, what are you eating? M and M's. Oh, me too. M and M's. Cool. Pretzel M&M's? Those didn't exist when I was a kid. No, I, M&M's and popcorn together. Just Yeah. Anyway, time for recommendations. What do you got? Uh, mine's going to be musical this week. Okay. I'm going to recommend um, an artist by the name of Kevin Devine. Cool. He has just released a new album called Instigator. Interesting. Which is, and I think he's released maybe grand total of eight or ten albums in his career that sounds right this is the first album to chart on the billboards top 100 well so uh i would strongly suggest checking it out it's cool. uh you know i i don't know how to describe it. it a lot of people say it sounds very uh death cab-esque or weezer-esque he's got his own voice wait a minute it sounds death cab-esque or Weezer S? Well, like old Weezer. You know. Okay. Like indie garage rock type thing. I, and okay. when I say Death Cab, I just don't think I was like thinking of Death Cab and I think of like Transatlantic. I think of like um Yeah, I would just kind of like old Death Cab I and then I think like, of Weezer and I'm like, "What? Like those aren't tra- like Transatlanticism and anything prior?" Yeah. Is is more akin to like um Pinkerton or something? Okay. All right. All right, all right. Anyway, you know. back to the, you know. Yeah. So didn't mean to call you out. I no. just was kind of like, yeah, you know. If you heard it, you'd be like, oh, okay, I get it. Sure. Um, if you could somehow mix those two, that's probably what this is like. And but he's got his own voice, uh, v- political at certain <clears throat> times. And anyway, worth checking out. He's good friends with Andy Hall, who Manchester Orchestra. Yeah, Manchester Orchestra and Swiss Army Man fame. Uh, they they have a band. They actually have a band that, together that we featured in a previous episode. Yo, also, yeah. Side note: our last week's guest, Nimit, was that last week? Last episode, two episodes ago, maybe. No, really, whatever. Nimit Malavia, who was on the cast, we talked about Atlanta and uh, Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. That was definitely not last week. He dropped exclusive i actually don't know if it was exclusive but when we asked him what he was up to and he mentioned the he was doing the vinyl art for i am 8 bits uh vinyl release of the last guardian soundtrack yeah it has been revealed oh shit yeah saw it this past week sick check it out 
fucking awesome. Good for you. Congratulations, man. It's awesome. Yeah. Back to the... So anyway, yeah. Kevin Devine, instigator. Are you going to queue up a song? Yeah. For the listener? I will queue up a song. I'm... I haven't decided exactly which one yet because uh, I've listened to the album about three times, but I haven't really picked out a favorite. So hopefully by tomorrow, I will have picked up one out. My recommendation is a movie that I saw on Friday night by the name of Moonlight. Uh, kind of wish I had some notes that I could put in front of me right now, but it's essentially a... Uh, I think it was at TIFF. If it was not at TIFF, it is that type of movie. It this is that year? caliber this year. It's like a, uh, it's, it's essentially like an independent film about, uh, actually this is kind of a good film to recommend based on what we were talking about with Criterion and my life as a dog. It looks at three stages of, um, a kid's life who, uh, from what I understand from the movie, it was maybe Florida, but he lives in, you know, kind of like a marginalized community. And speaking of Luke Cage... You have uh, um, Cottonmouth. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, what's his name? Mashallah Ali? Mahashali? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. I, I fucked that up. Sorry, I'm bro. not. I'm not going to I was just try, doing this but... looking at the wall trying to remember. It. Uh, anyway, it's um, it's not really a field. Oh, it's kind of, I don't know. I, don't, I won't ruin the, 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 you know, the twists and the turns of the movie, but essentially it's about a kid growing up in like, uh, you know, the ghetto. Um, he's black, uh, and he is gay, or at least he is bisexual. Like, in, you know, he's um, not like, not straight. That's sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it takes place when he the first part is like he's like eight or something. I would say like eight or nine years old. Then the second part he's like in high school, and the third part he's like a young adult. Like I would say he's in his twenties. Okay. Or, or his early twenties. Um. And it's honestly just one of those like snapshot movies. Like even though it takes place three over three periods of his life, it just like it deals with so many interesting to me topics about sort of gender roles and masculinity and like, sure. you know, uh, emphasis on being hard and being manly. And like obviously all of this through the lens of somebody growing up in a place where all of that stuff is even more emphasized, you know, and more uh, prominent, I guess, than you would say, like, it might have been for you or I, like, growing up in right. fucking, you know, southern Ontario or whatever, where it's just sort of like people still pick on you and, you know, call you names and there's lots of uh, derogatory behavior towards uh, homosexuality in general. But, like, this shit is heavy, man. Like, it's, it is uh, great cast, brilliant acting, just like, I, I don't know. I just like walked, it was one of those movies where you like, I saw you walked out of the theater being like, fuck, like that was just a good, beautifully filmed. Um, again, everything about it is awesome. I would compare the this, this style it's filmed in almost to like Drive. Really? So, yeah, sort of. Like a very, um, not it, as much of it takes place at night. Is it a dark film? You like, mean in terms of the subject matter? Yeah. yeah well, it's not, yeah, kind of. I mean, dark in that, like, being gay in that environment is, like, frowned upon sure. <laughs> in, the, in the context of this movie, you know? Like, he, it's about, it's about his transformation. It's about how he deals with it. Like, he doesn't really have, um, just to set up the plot a little bit more, because I'm kind of just, it's kind of vague. Like, he doesn't really have a, that parental presence. Like, his mother is an addict right. when he's, like, eight years old. And he ends up running away and being found by this drug dealer played by the aforementioned Cottonmouth, mm -hmm. um, who is like a pretty hard dude. Sure. And, but it's not what you expect. Like, it's not really about a drug deal. It's not like, it just humanizes everyone, you know? It makes you like, it's not just like this hard drug dealer who's like, oh, you got to fucking like fuck everybody, you know? And just like do your own, like he's very almost nurturing and takes on this like fatherly role for this um interesting for this this kid and there's like all of these really touching scenes so i would say overall like you don't i didn't walk out of it feeling down mm -hmm. it was kind of uplifting and that it was about connection you know more and like how people um but i will definitely say that the throughout it's quite dark like it's not you know right this subject it's not like my life is a dog it's like bad shit is happening you know he lives in a place where there's 
you know, junkies everywhere. His mother's an addict. Like they're all, they live in like a, a ghettoized community. Right. In, you know, black America. Like it's like very. Okay. Is the final thrust of the film positive? For the listener, Andrew's kind of shaking his head, not no or yes, but side to side. So yeah, I really, I just don't want to ruin it. I want, I really yeah. do. I think, and it, here's the other thing I'll you say. Got, I'm interested. I, I think that it's another one of those movies that like people should see this movie. Like it's indie and it's probably going to fly mostly under the radar, except for people that are really into film. But I feel like it's another one of those things where it's important for people to see because it just like, it gives you an interesting perspective on it. You know, it, like I said, it humanizes like people that we are usually in movies we are meant, you know, they're associated with evil or bad people like drug dealers are so often just like flattened into one dimensional, you know, even in like good films that are like intellectually sort of these really like, um, raw films. A lot of times it's like, Oh, they're fucking just peddling drugs. They're into that lifestyle. But this like really is like, well, these people like, this is what happens, you know, when yeah, you yeah. take out a support system for a massive group of people. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's, uh, I, I really recommend it. It's, it was a very, um, powerful, powerful watch. So yeah, check it out. Moonlight. Um, a little bit of a tearjerker, a little bit of a, a thinker. Um, but if, if nothing else, just beautiful to watch just like really lovely in how it's filmed and presented. I'm sold. All right, guys. Until next week, I'm going to throw the gauntlet down once again. What is the most unwatchable film you have ever seen? And I don't mean bad film because I think we've kind of moved past just bad movies, right? It's pretty easy for us to understand. We've become very sympathetic, I think, you and I, Andrew. We kind of understand what the filmmaker was going for or... It's been an interesting social experiment yeah, who, inadvertently. Right. Who who the movie was supposed to be directed to or whatever the situation is. Mm-hmm. But I want an absolutely irredeemable film. Give me something totally irredeemable, guys. Challenge. Although I, Tom's probably going to yell at us for not like watching Tiptoes or one of those other films that he's recommended. But... We'll do it eventually. He's anyway. got enough recommendations, man. Yeah. Like, he is into recommend... I feel like he, like, once a week sits down and is like, okay, what can I... Like, what, you know... He yeah. just does... He devotes time to researching it. It's not, like, top of the dome. Yeah. Anyway. Woo! You'll never be on the show, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Until next week, guys. Thanks. <laughs>
sun die, watch the sun die. It's murder! Hey! 